Hello, this is Lisa Rose here on Connect to Love on PRNFM, and I'm joined by the amazing Michael J. Russ. I want to welcome you with a big hug, virtual hug across the airways. And uh, how are yeah. you today, Michael? I'm awesome. Always I knew it. Beautiful day. Uh, got my walk, got my exercise, um, and I just said, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to go get that pedicure this morning. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, and it was fun. You know, to to uh, it's fun to take care of yourself. It's fun to love on yourself uh, every uh, every once in a while. Hopefully, not uh, in, you know, not too distant apart from each other. You love on yourself. Do something fun for you. And I like to do that at least once a day. So I had a good no, time. That's I know. Wonderful. I hear you went to see some beautiful flowers. I saw some pictures. I have to say that that uh, um, the pictures you sent were just so spectacular. So spectacular. Oh, um, I hope you put a, the series of them on Instagram because they were beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was truly an inspiration mm-hmm. to go to a holiday flower show that talked about magic and really exemplified that. And I think when you see something that comes out of somebody's imagination that's brought to life, it, it just is so incredible. You think, how did they think of that? And wow, how many thousands of lights that they used in this one tree that I just, I took my my camera and I just went up the tree and just watched. And there was something, and, and it sort of actually sparked the, the my thoughts for the day because there was a tree, and it, they call it the Chinese pagoda tree. At this, it's at Fitz Conservatory. It's out in the garden. And it had these, lights, these strings of lights that were draped and hanging down from it, and they were activated by your voice. And so they they encouraged and invited people to sing to the tree and to video it, and you could win a, a membership. And it was interesting because laughter illuminated yellow lights and red lights and different tones from different people's voices caused all sorts of... <laughs> It was a spectacular light show, and we walked away, and it was so interesting because these individuals that uh, passed by the tree when we were on the other side, I don't know what they were playing, but it was like something out of a rock concert, like that you would see with like, it just, it just illuminated the tree, and uh, yeah, it was it was pretty amazing, and I think whenever you, you I, and I thought about it, I thought probably when January hits and they start taking down the show is when they start planning for the next year's show. What can we do to bring joy to so many different people? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's, it's really, really, really amazing. And just I, it, so to walk into one room where orchids were blooming and every single plant there had at least four or five orchids on one stem, I'm thinking, how did they get them all to bloom at the same time? But it's, it's, you know, it's their intention that they want to make it a spectacular show. And I think that that's sort of where we were. Um, we were chatting a little bit before the show because both you and I were mentored by Glenn Brooks, uh, the founder of the Vibrant Living Network. And Glenn used to sign off every show saying, what would you do if you knew it was impossible to fail? And that... Uh, sentiment has echoed uh, throughout my life and I know also throughout your life and there is a a book that just came up on my radar screen I haven't read it yet but I'm going to embrace it because it was written in 1934 by a woman named Dorothea Brand and it was called Wake Up and Live and she wrote the book during the Great Depression uh, when people were not having a lot of hope, they were really struggling with their lives and how to navigate through day to day. And I, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. We're not in a, in a Great Depression, but a lot of people are really challenged. And so she wrote this book um, really about uh, why we fail, what the different things are that challenge us. She said, you know, she had been... Um, wanted to write. And back then, it wasn't really, you know, women in those days really weren't encouraged to be writers. Um, But I look at somebody, right, even now, like J.K. Rowling, I I look at and I, I think about her story. She was 
turned down by 12 different publishing houses. And <laughs> they looked at her and they said, well, maybe you could change your name. Maybe, you know, if you weren't a woman, um, you would be successful. Uh, and it was just that knowingness and who would have ever believed at that time when she had gotten rejection letter after rejection letter uh, that she would inspire so many young children and so many adults and for it to grow into such a beautiful, beautiful thing. Not just uh, the Harry Potter series, but the Fantastic Beasts and where to find them and, and theme parks and all sorts of different things that have become sort of part of our culture. And, uh, yes, I thought it would be a fun place for us to play today. I think so, too. What comes to mind when you said that um, about Dorothea Brand is that uh, um, the fact that most people that I know uh, don't approach life that way, you know, wake up and live, right? Um, They don't approach life that way. It's all about getting up in the morning and they've gotten themselves into a routine, and they're into that routine. And uh, anything outside of that routine doesn't really come to mind. It's, it's like there's no time for it, you know? It's kind of like we, we say it's a good thing to meditate first thing in the morning, to have that quietness and to allow your, your, your guide to talk to you, to uh, clear your emotional uh, baggage uh, that you've been carrying or whatever happened from the previous day or uh, something like that, to, to allow space for creativity and inspiration to invade, you know, your your space between the thoughts, that kind of thing. And, you know, I think about what came to mind was Queen, Queen, the band Queen, who mm-hmm. took risks, who took risks uh, with their music at the time. And when they when they brought this music that they were writing to their to the to the head of the record company he laughed and said this will never work right this will never work and he literally let them go to another record company to record their music and became and it was one of the biggest mistakes that he ever did because he was living in a little little box of what he thought was possible what he thought people would mm-hmm. like and you and I talked about this a little earlier this afternoon, where we never know what somebody what's going to resonate with someone. Uh, you you just you don't. What if you impose your own limitations on uh, your own creativity or the, the the legs your creativity and inspiration has, will have with the public or with those uh, how it will resonate with people um, in the world? You're making a big mistake. Because most people live from limitation, and uh, I was listening to the to uh, uh, Mr. Anka, who channels Bashar, and that stood out like a like a, a you know a sore thumb. It was like the thing that most the, the the thing that that most characterizes this world we live in, this dense reality of Earth that we live in, earthly plane, is limitation. Limitation. Mm-hmm. People live from limitation, and, and it's because, in my view, because it's, they live from a, a comfort level. If they're comfortable with something, they stick with it and, because it feels good. However, over a period of time, it doesn't actually benefit you to be in that space. You have to expand beyond those boundaries, beyond those invisible walls, that you mental walls that you the, the mental boundaries that you've set up for yourself, and because you were meant to do great things, whatever those things are, and I'm not talking about you know make a billion dollars maybe or being president of some small country. I'm talking about great things with regard to peace and love and joy and happy and connection, relational connection mm-hmm. with other people. You can you can do an awesome thing by simply smiling and giving um, kindness, showing kindness, sympathy, compassion to someone who at the time could really use it because that is the pivot. That's, that's the infusion of energy that they need and the frequency to shift where they are in life. And that, we, this all just, just sidestep, just people just stepping all over opportunities to be kind, 
and empathetic and compassionate and loving and to, to be friendly with other people. Now, back to this, to this thing that Glenn used to say, which, you know, it's, it's one of those questions that is, that has, the, it's, it, it has infinite array of possibilities, right? In terms mm-hmm. of boundaries, there are no boundaries. And, you know, it, it's, it, it, the infiniteness of it is, of the question, it just blows you, it just blows your mind. If you sit down for 10 minutes and you ask yourself that question and you start thinking, which most people, I, I've, I, I would speak to people and, and no, that would never cross their mind because it would involve taking risks, that going, stepping into areas uh, of uncomfort. And as I told my mm-hmm. buddy yesterday who called me, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. You know, starting a new job and he's not comfortable doing what he's doing, so he's thinking about quitting it. I'm going, what is the matter with you? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, start it. Yeah, I know. And, and it's, it's crazy. Because the learning curve is like four weeks. And he's wanting to be where he wants, he wants to be in two days where it would take four weeks to get to. And I said, dude, you know, just, he says, I'm uncomfortable. You're uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm uncomfortable. Get comfortable with that. That's right. what you need to do. Get comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's how you grow. That's how you expand, not only who you are, but the, 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 what you're resonating. You're not, you have to do that. And, instead of, and, and otherwise, sometimes the planet has, you know, you're, you're, if, if your soul has a, has a mission, many levels of intentions, and you're only hitting a couple of them, and you said, hey, when I go into this life, I'm going to uh, do this, 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 and this, whatever they may be. Um, it may be a feeling that you'd like to obtain. It could be any intention. And you're not striving. You're not making choices that are, that are pushing you towards that, that are guiding you towards that, that are moving you towards that. Guess what? Something will happen that makes, that forces you to go in that direction. And you're going to see it as likely, see it as something tragic, something... Mm-hmm totally adverse, a woe is me moment, or I'll never be the same moment, you know. And then if you, if you look at the fact that it's, look at what's happening, and from a different perspective, you maybe you adopt the, the perception of, this isn't really that bad. Wow, this is interesting. Let me just take a look at this, right? That wow, we, we said this a couple of days ago, that, that was your brilliant statement. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> it happens, yeah. right? It's just, it's just a thing that, is, that, has gone, that, that has occurred in your life. Instead of turning around and judging it as the worst thing or uh, you'll, you'll never recover from this or, you know, this, I, I'm, I'm never going to be the same. I'll never be happy again. I'll never find love again. Listen, <laughs> there is no never. It's just the next page. Mm-hmm. And you never know where you're going to, what, what your choices are going to guide you to. And You're 100% right. Mm-hmm. That is so true. And you can look on it and you can say, <laughs> and all you're doing is holding yourself back when you, when you do that. So the, the question he, that he asks in, involves an element of risk in order to answer. Because you have to be able to reach beyond what you think you're capable of, beyond what you think is possible in order to answer that question in some way based on what you know today, whatever experience or wisdom you've uh, obtained up to this moment in time. 100%. I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I, I started to look through Dorothea Brand's book just briefly, and there was, there was a sentiment in there that really echoed what you were saying, Michael, and it said, she said, with the time and energy we spend in making failure a certainty, a certainty we might have certain success. <laughs> oh my gosh! That. How profound! I, mean, how? I know. <laughs> and I thought about that when you said that about this young man. And I'll tell you, I and I laugh about it because when I first started driving, this was before Waze and all of these other, you know, Google Maps, all these things that get you where you're going. Well, I live in a city that's built on a triangle. It's not built on a grid, and there's hills. And so you just, you know, there's hills and bridges and they call it, it's like the city of levels. So when I first started to drive, I 
sometimes I had no idea where I would, was going to go. They have these belts like Candyland. They're the green, blue, yellow, red belt, and you follow the belts, and it's a big circle. Eventually, you'll get back to where you where you started from. And guess what? I had to go somewhere that was on the green belt, and I went the wrong way. And eventually, I went in this really low <laughs> roundabout circle and got back to where I started from. But it's it's an interesting dynamic because when I drive around the city, I know how to get to all these people. Like, how do you know how to get there? Oh, well, I got lost. I got lost. How many times did I yeah. get lost that I discovered, wow, I didn't know this existed in my city. And I think that's what when you embark on something that you are uncertain of. And and there is no certainty in, in of success in anything you embark on. But you know what? You discover things along the way. You discover amazing things. Sometimes you discover, like, oh, gosh, I don't know how I got in this neighborhood. But, wow, geez, that's really interesting. There's this treasure store here or there's that or whatever. And sometimes you'll find the most delightful restaurant that you would never even have heard about had you not tried. And... Yeah, and I thought about that question, too. I thought, you know, really, like, so what are some of the things that I'd like to do if I knew it was impossible to feel? What would I do? I th- I think I would probably try to build a tiny home or, like, can do one of those conversion things. Um, you know, I don't know how to start. I don't have any building skills. But guess what? <laughs> if I knew uh, it was impossible to feel, absolutely. I don't know. I'd probably have to hire out the electric and the plumbing parts of it. But, I, you know what, I think I could probably figure it out, uh, watch enough videos, get, get a mentor, right. have somebody help me that could walk me through it. And whenever you try something for the first time, it's always very daunting and a little scary. But once you've done it once, you're like, hey, guess what? You know what? Yeah, I did that. No big deal. I learned that. I made these mistakes. Oh, don't do it that way. You know, oh, yeah, you you know, you can connect with this guy and and he'll give you the plans. Oh, my gosh, that was so, it's just the best way to construct it. And I have some friends that did that. They, They came, I met them in Pittsburgh, and they bought a plot of land in Arizona, and they were looking at ways to build an energy efficient house. And they ended up building a straw bale house. And, and I, before that came into my consciousness, I'm like, what do you mean a straw bale house? <laughs> Isn't that dangerous? And and then I saw a video not, not too long ago, a woman who just decided she was going to build a, a house in the middle of the woods, and she used trash. And that's what she used to to fortify her walls, and then she did mud on top of the, the trash. And, I, I mean, it's it's just really the possibilities are endless when you – allow yourself that freedom to to explore. So true. So Michael, mm-hmm. what would what would you do that you haven't explored yet if you knew it was impossible to fail? Wow. Um, it's it's an interesting question. It's a huge question. I'm sitting I'm thinking about it. Well I know there's multiple things. I mean not yeah, that was I mean, just one I have of a, mine. It's 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 so interesting when you talk about different things. My interests in I I am interested in tiny homes. I'm interested in energy efficient homes. I'm interested in in um, in how to uh, put a, a huge dent in the housing crisis for a whole lot less money than than is always projected. And I'd I'd likely just move into that direction and, and find a way. I mean, there's I, I'm I'm into the container home design. Uh, the when I was in college, back in the seventies, I, I took a class uh, by uh, that was given by a gentleman who had been all over the world. He he lived in the Amazon for a while. I mean, he had a really cool, cool perspective. We had a whole class talking about alternative living and mm. uh, cave living. People who were building homes in on sides of mountains, digging into them and mm-hmm. creating energy-efficient homes because once you're in ground, uh, you have uh, stable temperature, regardless of how hot it is outside. Um, putting earth on top of your home uh, in order to provide the kind of, you know, sort of a living roof kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. 
the uh, straw bale, of course, we talked about that. We talked about in, in-ground homes like uh, Cooper Pedy. Cooper Pedy in uh, Australia where they uh, actually mine, uh, they mine opals in Cooper Pedy, uh, Australia. Because in, in, uh, it's so hot there. It's like always over 100, 110, 120, 130 degrees. It's so hot. You have to live underground. Wow. And it's, it's a very cool thing. And I'd, let me tell you something. I would visit all of the really cool places, historical places. I'm talking about ancient places in the world. Uh, and document them uh, in, and bring them to people on, in, in, in social media um, and kind of tell their story uh, through, through pictures and, and, and dialogue. Um, you know, I mean, it, I, I'm doing something now, starting a, a, a sort of a, um, a print and design business. That, that I'm doing um, out of sheer, on sheer faith and, and creativity and ingenuity and on a shoestring budget. Um, because there's ways to do things that don't involve just buying them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, however, you know, I think the thing that goes through my head more than any other is affordable housing. Um, we have a crisis in this world. It's not just in the United States. It's all over the world where um, large concentrations of money come to really cool, nice places to live, places that have a lot of, have a lot of good energy, um, and uh, places that do that good energy attracts tourism. And usually mm-hmm. it's on the coast or it's in the mountains or it's somewhere where it's the aesthetic of living is incredibly pleasing. Aesthetics are very pleasing, and, it, and it's, got a, it's got a great energy. Your beach here, we've got lots of negative ions, and we've got beautiful beach sand, and we've got, I mean, looking on the water, there's nothing like it. The sun sets, the sun rises, you name it. And the problem is that eventually it becomes so popular that the people who grew up there uh, and lived there, who lived there for their entire lives, uh, cannot afford to live there anymore. And people who service those people can't afford to live there anymore. This is the problem. This is now a problem in in the entire state of Hawaii. Such a beautiful place. Lots of magic Mm -hmm. in that place. And it's a a problem there as well, where you, you have so much money coming in driving up costs that people who... I mean, you have an underlying service industry in every city in the world, an underlying service industry. And what is, it, what is occurring is that the, the rates of pay aren't keeping up with the cost of living. And uh, there was a guy, uh, the owner, actually, the CEO, not the owner, but the CEO of Starwood Hotels, a huge hotel group. They were building a, a, f- a fabulous five-star, six-star hotel on uh, Kauai. And... He kept complaining on the business programs about how he couldn't, not even $30 an hour could get people to help to, 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 to service the hotel. Clean rooms, take care of things, bartend, serve, because nobody could afford to live on that island for $30 an hour. Mm. And it, 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 this, was, this went on for months. And I'm going, what is this guy going to do? A lot of... A lot of uh, companies like that have had to invest in on-site housing, or they've had to buy property and build affordable housing for the people servicing the people in their resort. They had to build it. They had to do that in the Bahamas. They had to build. you got a resort out in the middle of nowhere. You need to build housing so people can be there to service your guests. You have to have affordable housing. So they've had to invest in, in that. And it's happening where, where I live as well. So not to belabor the point, but that's it been a, it's a super interest of mine. If I, could, if, if I could just drop everything and just work on that and, and figure a way to, to, to solve that issue and be able to, to have not only affordable homes, but homes that people would be proud to live in, mm-hmm. you know, uh, as singles or, or, or couples or uh, family or whatever. Um, and they've had to do container homes in Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, they've adopted container homes because they're, the, they're one of the few things, the other building uh, processes aren't surviving these hurricanes that they keep getting. So uh, a, a young woman, a uh, young uh, Puerto Rican woman, uh, actually started, she said, we got tons of containers at the, at the port. Let's use those for homes. And she started doing that. Now they're basic, okay? They're nothing fancy. Uh, they're not little container mansions. However, I have seen some things 
that will blow your mind. And so it's kind of interesting. We all have our little things that we think about if we weren't doing anything else, if we didn't have to earn a living doing something, if we could just go off and do it, what would we do? What would we, what, right. what hole would we fill? What need would we satisfy in this world? How would we be of service to, to others in our community and others around the world? And there's some really cool stuff happening. And, you know, I mean, yeah. at all, but, I, I don't know if you've seen the project that Elon Musk uh, undertook in regards to the container homes. I think he calls it the boxable casita, I believe it is. And uh, they're around $50,000. And they're I've seen just. They, I think, I didn't you know, know that what? Yeah, it is. It was. Yeah. It was it's unfolded, it's something. It's just the one that unfolds it, into a home? Yep. Yeah, into I've a home. It. has yeah. everything, everything already there. Um, like which I think is. Yeah. 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 But when you look at them, they're so. Um, it's so amazing, like, how they have them set up. You know, you have yep. your living area, you have your bed. I mean, there, you could rearrange and do things. And it, it I, I think at one time, and I know I grew up in an area where, you know, these people have these beautiful, big, fabulous homes. But as I've gotten further on my journey, I like the smaller, uh, you know, it's just, I don't need as much stuff. I don't, like, what's the What's the point of having all these rooms just to decorate, to, sh- to bring people over to show you that I've got all this stuff? Um, and fill with stuff, basically. You're <laughs> filled with stuff. stuff. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, my books, I'm a little hard-pressed to get rid of because I love my books. But, um, you know, it, that's like going to be, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For me, books anyway. However, yeah. however, the cool thing. The cool thing, I mean, there's, there's, there's books that we don't want to let go of because those books represent enlightenment that we can go tap into again at some particular point in the future. Um, sure. You know, sometimes books, uh, I know you like audio, I like audio too, and I'm going back now and listening to other audio books um, that I, I've enjoyed that I've listened to two years ago. I'm going back and listening to them again in my library. Um, Me too. Isn't that so interesting? Yeah, you and I yeah. are on the same wavelength because yeah. there's things I think probably that you and I need to hear again. And I think that it it doesn't matter if you uh, there's some books that I listen to once a year because I or I pull it out. I mean, The Little Prince is one of those books mm-hmm. for me. Um, and there's there's a lot of them like that. I've I will never, even though I've given away so many copies of the Four Agreements, um, I and I continue to buy one when I see them. I'm like, oh, okay, here, yeah, I'll pick this up. You never know when I can say hand it to somebody and say this is this book is was really profound in, in changing my life and in and impacting me, and and I can align myself with those agreements in one of absolutely. You know, oh yeah, so much so. Um, it, it's it's interesting. We we come across people who, um, for one reason or another, are in the in the throes of seeking enlightenment. Uh, that can help them. They've come to this realization that they are the ones responsible for dictating the path of their life and how they feel, and and uh, are, are understanding their role of of responsibility in their own life. And that you can't always just blame it on something outside of you, right? Because living in that world is an endless pit of despair uh, because you're, you feel powerless to, to change mm-hmm. circumstances or to change how you feel. And that's, that's the one thing that, uh, that I uh, embrace more than anything else and that I attempt to share in, in a variety of different ways is that, hey, you're, this is your life. You know, you have... Everything has a consequence. Every choice, every decision has a consequence, of course. Uh, and but the one number one thing you have to do is take responsibility. If you're going to take risks, if you're going to go out and answer that question, seek to answer that question, what would you do if you knew it were impossible to fail? Which I would encourage every listener to uh, on, on Pure on PR, PRNFN and on our podcast to sit down for a moment and, and just really think about that question and how. They could how how a little move that they could make might move them in a direction that is so much better for them, and that's really all it is. It's just a little baby step. It's just right. turn your life to the right one degree, you know, and and move 
on that new course and see where you end up. And I love, by the way, when you said earlier about getting lost in Pittsburgh, uh, I like to... I have found traveling the world some of the most amazing places by simply just walking and getting lost. Um, Mm -hmm. Of course, I do one thing. If I'm in a foreign country and I've never been in before, it could be a third world country or whatever, I ask somebody at the hotel, what areas do I want to totally avoid? And is it okay for me to kind of go out here? You know, it's, 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 it's... it's good to be safe and to, uh, as, as, as somebody traveling, it, you, you always want to do that. However, you can, you know, we, get it, we went into the Grand Bazaar in, in, uh, in Istanbul, which is a huge bazaar. It's been around for, you know, a couple thousand years. And you walk in the entrance, and that's all you're doing is getting lost in that place because it's huge, right? You never know what you're going to come across. You have an idea about maybe what you think you want, or maybe you don't want anything. You just want to look, and you want to just see people, and uh, you want to say hello to a few shop owners, or you want to you find a little place to, to get a bite to eat that you never would have found otherwise. And mm-hmm. we did that. Sit down and have some tea and have a chat with somebody else who's perhaps uh, from, uh, from the Western world. And, and, you know, how are you? Why are you here? What are you doing? Where'd you come from? You know, and, and, and did you, what did you buy here? I found, a, I found a great belt. I found a couple of other things. Never would have known it was there, right? Um, that's, that's awesome. Fun. It's fun to, yeah, do, it is. to do that, right? We also, I also bought some cool teas, right, that I brought back with me. And just like flower, uh, just these package, a package of, of flower buds, different colorfuls of very fragrant things that I can make tea, uh, a tea mm. out of. And, uh, and I have those, and I treat them like gold, you know, like platinum, like diamonds. I don't, sure. I don't do it every day. Like <laughs> once a month, that. I'll pull out, you know, a little half a handful and stick it in a, and steep it for like you know, 30 minutes. And uh, you get this beautiful, rich, red, uh, fragrant tea, and it's so much fun. Um, but those totally. you, you discover things you never know what what absolutely what, uh, what and it can be very intimidating when you go to a foreign country to go into a market like that and, and there's some people oh I would never do that but it's a shame that they would never do that because there are so many magical things that they can they could run into that they would never even know when I went to. Uh, Africa and then went to Zanzibar. We went on a spice tour. And, you know, and people think, why would you want to go on something like that? Oh my gosh, I was so, it was so amazing to see where everything, all of these spices came from. And the one young man, he climbed a tree to get us fresh coconuts. Like, I've never seen anybody climb a tree so fast in my entire life with nothing to grab onto. <laughs> and it was just, but it was so incredible. And the, I mean, there were there was just one amazing taste and smell and scent after another. And, and you think it's out in the middle of nowhere? Are you sure you really want to go out there? I don't know about that. And there were some people in my group who missed out on it. I was so grateful that I didn't, because there was. It was just like you. I brought home cardamom. Uh, from the from from the spice, <laughs> oh my gosh, the spice farm, and I still it's like oh you know every time I open up a pot it's just I'm right back there again. Exactly, but it's, it's interesting, okay. and you know when uh, when you you talk about how do you act, you know really acting as if it's impossible to fail, and I think about anybody that's ever gotten up on the America's Got Talent stage and. The other night, I, I had never, I didn't see it in when it was live, but there was a gentleman, he went by, he was a British guy, Piff the Magic Dragon. <laughs> and he, I, he walked out onto the stage. I just caught a little clip of it. He had walked out onto the stage in this dragon costume, and Howard Stern and all the other judges looked at him like, who is this weirdo? <laughs> just came, came out on stage, but he was, funny. He was a good magician. He ended up, you know, really at the time, um, was this, should I, should I keep pursuing this? And he went on to, to go very far in the show and ended up almost giving up, um, because he didn't, he didn't win, uh, didn't win at the end of, uh, at the end of the season, um, and kind of had a little bit of difficulty. And then one of the Casinos in Vegas said, hey, we'd love to have you here. And they gave him his own theater. 
And, and, and so you just never know. I mean, when he walked out in that dragon suit, like, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people said to him, you know, that's really dumb. <laughs> like, are well, you kidding me? You're going to go gonna on get, national You're going to get the doubters. You're going to get the haters. You're going to get uh, my new, my new term is doomers, right? You're going to get the doomers mm. uh, and, and the people who, who based on their own uh, failures, uh, now look at life, they see um, their life through the prism of failure. And they want other people to embrace that prism of failure that they see, right? So mm-hmm. everybody who's ever done anything in the entertainment business, uh, who's had any success, any, any amount of success, has, has had to do this. They've had to have this. And, and let's just look at this as a mindset, as a mm-hmm. state it's a mindset, okay? So you adopt the mindset of you're going to you, – you approach everything in life as if you could not fail, right? That's the mindset that you have to have. So as, a, as an mm-hmm. entertainer, as a singer, as a songwriter, as a, a player, whatever, you have to have that mindset. You have to go there. Otherwise, what's the point? You're never going to put 110% of your effort into whatever it is if you don't – Adopt this mindset. So it's like a catch-22. You can't have you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't have the success without actually committing to stepping off the cliff and knowing you can fly. Right? Mm-hmm. You have to have that. You have to know that. You have to stand at the precipice and say, "Okay, I'm going to take this leap, and I know that a parachute's going to come out at some particular point in time. I'm not going to hit the ground. You know, I'm not going to, you know, crash and burn. Um, you may." stub your toe, you may twist an ankle, you may, you know, I can think of a, a, a zillion physical analogies. Sure. You, you may do that because, because you may make a, make a mistake that takes you down a different road, and then you have to look at that uh, in a positive way as well, because maybe it was just telling you that you didn't need to be there, you needed to be somewhere different. You have to adopt the positive perception of whatever it is from a learning perspective so that you can get back on track and attempt to do something else. Attempt to do, mm-hmm. you know, something else that, that, and you know you can't fail. My brother had to do this. You know, I mean, anybody who's ever, you listen to any biography of, 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 of any superstar, mega, A-lister, or even the D-listers, people who are character actors that, who disappear into the background, but they make a living doing what they love. They right. had to go through something. They had to take some sort of risk. They had to adopt the mindset of, I can do this. I can do this. I am doing this. You know, I have this. And that's where they have to be. It's, it's about what, what we keep telling ourselves. The story we keep telling ourselves is what's going to keep unfolding and playing out in our life. If our story is one of we're going to fail, then that is the story that is going to play out. That's the reality you're going to experience, and you will attract to you everything that, that has to do with failure, including everyone who's ever failed. And they mm-hmm. will come give you the reason why you won't be successful. They will, they will ad nauseum tell you why you won't be su- successful. And the people who, uh, this is the one thing that I keep telling my friend, the, the, sometimes the people you care about most, that you love most in your life, will be the doomer who right. will attempt to take you down, to take your dream and, and trash it which is why the most brilliant thing I ever heard from Dr. Joseph Murphy from the 1920s or 30s, Dr. Joseph Murphy, he said, do not share your dream. It is your dream. The human, the human, a human being is, the human mind is subject to, um, to being um, derailed, okay? It, it's, it's, you, you have that ability. Everybody, it, it, thought viruses are easy to contract from people that you love and care about. So if your mother or your father tells you you can't do anything, it's not because you can't do it. It's because they didn't succeed doing something similar, and they don't want you to feel what they felt, how they felt. When you, adopting a different mindset, will have a completely different experience. However, we have to get, and even your girlfriend, boyfriend, your, your husband, your wife, uh, your best friend in the world that you've known for 50 years will, could possibly turn out to be a doomer when you come up with a really cool thing you want to do, 
when you want to take a risk, you want to move in that direction. And you've got to ask yourself, am I going to listen to them or are going to listen to me in my heart? And, and, and am I going to, to, to move forward with a mindset of, I know I'm going to succeed. It's going to be impossible for me to fail. No failure because you learn something at the very least, right? You learn something. Mm-hmm. And that's never, you can't take that for granted. You're going to learn something. If you, you're not going to learn anything if you stay where you are. Never. Just oh, not 100%. Possible. Yeah, I look at, you know, I, I remember early on in my journey seeing, I went to a, a friends of mine, they were artists and musicians and they dressed in drag and did all kinds of crazy things on stage. And, and I remember thinking to myself, like, they're, they're just so much bohemians, you know, they were hipsters. Right, right, right. <laughs> and yeah. I was the square, right, when I went over there. But I remember... They were, one night they invited me over and Gary was making absence. And I mean, this is, they just were such interesting friends and they were watching, they were like, come over and watch this documentary on Buckminster Fuller. Oh, yeah. And I thought, who's Buckminster Fuller? Oh, I mean, this is, <laughs> this is somebody. And I thought to myself, I have no idea who this is. And then, uh, and I'm watching it. And it's like, you know, one of the things he said is nothing in a caterpillar tells you you're going to be a butterfly. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that was just, I mean, (laughs) like father of the geodesic dome, so many different things. But somebody who was, I I think, probably ridiculed, belittled, um, not allowed, uh, you know, I mean, you think somebody who had 28 patents and nobody talked about him. I didn't know who he was. Who's Buckminster Fuller, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I listen, I, I, I learned about him in, in college. What a brilliant guy. The geodesic dome I've seen in, I've seen them, I've been in them. The most amazing um, uh, invention from a perspective of, of shelter. Um, and they're not incredibly expensive. And they are also, by the way, resistant to 200-plus mile winds, which is makes them ideal for living in an area where hurricanes uh, and, and high winds are prevalent. Um, however, we live in a world where people judge. And mm-hmm. I, I've, I still today, to this moment, have not met anyone who saw, who I, gave, I saw a picture, gave a picture of the, of the dome to, who didn't say, Ugh, you want to live in that? You know, oh, that's ugly. You know, because we all have this idea of, um, of what pretty is to us. And right. it, it, nobody's thinking about functionality, um, energy efficiency. Uh, they're thinking about beauty. What, would I want to be seen living in that? And there's a lot of them down on the Capitola Coast, in Santa Cruz, uh, California. Um, yeah, they but, put one at Epcot Center. I remember, oh yeah. you know. And yeah. they've got a, a ride in one, right? Mm-hmm. So you, I, 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 I don't know if anybody's, actually gone through the, the, the design process to, to make them more palatable. From a, I mean, you can make them any color you want. I mean, it would be kind of cool to, to make, uh, mm-hmm. to make uh, one in a very cool purple color or, or, or even uh, hot pink, uh, earthy pink or orange or, you know, something. You even make, you know, make color, different color um, uh, tiles, the, the, the geodesic, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, tiles that, that they put together, the triangles. It, it's you walk inside of them and you're like, oh my gosh, I can do anything I want with this thing. Anything. I, I can create one story. I can make it one story. I can make it a story and a half. I can put a loft. I can make two stories. I can do whatever I want, right? But I know I'm not going to get blown away. But the architecture mm-hmm. that, is, that is taught in school uh, and in college, architects generally, the, the majority of them, those that I know aren't thinking outside the box. They're just designing homes that people think they want. They want to make a living, obviously. So it's not about coming up with a design that, that uh, they have to sell to someone. They, just, they take the easy mm-hmm. route and say, yeah, what do you want? Oh, yeah, you want a house that looks like that? Okay, I'll design something similar to that. Tell me how you want it laid out, right, instead of reaching. That's why I like um, – there's a couple of uh, really cool architects. One's up in New York, and there's uh, – I think there's one in Italy – um, they're, they're all over the place, literally, that are, that are making shopping centers, shopping centers out of containers. They're making... Oh, how fun. Yeah, shopping centers. They're making apartments wow. 
out of containers. <laughs> That's amazing. Really cool. They look great. Uh, they've got great coloring. You walk into them, they've got great design features, um, quite highly livable and inexpensive to create. And, you know, what we have to do is have an acceptance. We have to have a level of acceptance for those things that don't, you know, those, those square pegs that we keep trying to put in round holes. Maybe they need a square hole, a square uh, orifice to go into, right? They don't mm-hmm. need, they don't need, we're not trying to make a bunch of round pegs. And this is what happens. Um, one of my pet peeves about, you know, going to in, in, in early childhood education and on, we, you know, the, the child that's dancing at home isn't allowed to dance at school. What's up with that? You know, I mean, right. where's, the, where's the opportunity to, to spread your creative wings and, uh, and your, your spontaneity? You know, these are things that are, are invaluable to us later in life, but they get drummed out of us. Yep. Drummed out of us. Oh, yeah. absolutely. This, this question I, I, gets drummed out of us. <laughs> it it does. It gets drummed out of us. You know, mm-hmm. that's why Brooks was so, uh, was so adamant about asking this question. He kept asking over and over again. He he talked to people, and he, you know, let's let's have a conversation about what, not not necessarily what is possible, but what are you, what thoughts, what thought process is holding you back. Preventing mm-hmm. you from being the you that you know you can be, regardless of what it is. The, 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 the person who you really seek and have wanted to be your, your whole life, what is preventing you from being that person, stepping into that reality? That's a, a powerful statement, Michael. And I think if people ask them that, self, that question, they, a lot of times they look to somebody else for the answer. Yeah, they'll. Somebody will pose the question. They'll then they'll say, "Well, well, what what do you think? What do you think this is about me, or what? <laughs> what are your thoughts?" And they pass the buck on to somebody else. Um, well, that, that question where, is the one you want to. It, it, this, let's let's just say this. This is. It, it becomes exponentially more challenging to answer the question in front of people. And to me, this mm-hmm. is a. This is a personal thing. You know, I would, right. It's like, you know, you ask yourself that question. Let's just challenge our listeners to, to embrace this question and not tell anybody that they're embracing the question. It's not something that you, you share with anyone. It's your question, and it's your answer, specific mm-hmm. to you. And see how that makes you feel when you embrace the question and start looking for answers. You start intuiting answers. Because it's interesting, the question alone is a shift. Just asking yourself the question, just asking it, just addressing it on, on the surface, is a, it, it opens a door. And that's what we want to do in life, is we want to keep opening doors. We want to keep opening doors and, see, and walking through them. And so the, the, the minute that you embrace the question as something that you should be asking yourself, that move alone is enough to create a little rift, right? A little rift yep. in, in how comfortable you are because now you're thinking in a different way. And that's really where it starts. You want to create that small rift. Uh, uh, it's so, so true. I mean, we, we truly only have this one life. Um, Marcus Aurelius said, you know, you're not going to live 2,000 years. He, he <laughs> I, you know, the more I delve into his, his life and his teachings and the writings, I'm just like, wait a minute. And the same thing, I didn't grow up studying the writings of Marcus Aurelius. There's a lot of, of individuals, and that's what I really love about the Internet and the technology that I can look up a book and I can start to listen because I, I don't have enough hours in my day to read everything, but I can, when I jump in the car, put a book on and listen. And I, I last year was like 394 books that I went through. Awesome. And some of them I listened to again. And, and I will we'll probably listen to them again and again and again. Awesome. Because in, in the cracks of my day, when I'm cleaning or I'm taking care of dogs or whatever, I just pop one on. And it, it's, 
I could listen to music and I love listening to music, but I really, <laughs> some of the, the books and the things that I'm learning, it's just amazing. And I wouldn't have the time to read that many books in a year, but yeah. it's for my, my own personal. I mean, some of them yeah, and the classes and the other things that I do to nurture myself and, and all of those, I think, help me grow and help my imagination lead me to questions like this and to wonder and to sort of say what is possible, what are the next steps, what what do I want to create. And whether I take it into meditation or I speak with you because you're, you are like my muse and we share a lot of the same passions um it, it's very very helpful so i would encourage our listeners too to to find somebody that you can share your vision with That's, once let's, you've let's taken take it, it in let's take it one step further and simply say that piggybacking on what i on what i just said and what what you said to find somebody let's it, it's a function of what you the frequency you're resonating this this question mm-hmm. has a frequency this question has a frequency, and when you oh, when you create a rift, you 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 are moving into that frequency. You want to move into it further by examining it, and and by asking yourself this question, I wouldn't put it past the universe, and as frequencies work, that you would encounter someone in short order who also was asking themselves the same question. So true. We're not the only ones, and that that's the beauty of shifting your frequency which is what you really want to do. We'll do a whole show. There's some new stuff about frequency, and so hopefully in the next couple of weeks we can, we can discuss that. Uh, however, this is, how, this, is, this is one of the ways that you can shift your frequency. You know, kind of like when you start, you're, you're looking for love, and you're, what most people do when they're looking for love is they come up with all the ways that, and reasons why they're not lovable instead of coming up with all the ways that they are lovable, you know, and, and, and instead of beating themselves up, building themselves up and staying right. positive about themselves. And because if you're, if, you're, if you're getting down on yourself and beating yourself up is why I'm not lovable, why doesn't anybody, why can't I keep a relationship for longer than 10 seconds, why can't I do this, why does this keep happening to me, if that's your mindset, that's going to perpetuate. And you're going to get people who will continue to validate those, that, that thinking and that frequency that you're on, that negative frequency. Let's elevate it and talk about all the, you know, think about all the ways and talk about all the ways that you're, you're fantastic, you're wonderful, you're exceptional as a, as a person, as a human being, as a soul, as a spirit. You're, you're amazing. You know, all the cool things that you do that you love, that, you are, that you're good at. This, let's talk about that. And let other people then, because you're resonating that frequency, you will attract other people who will validate that in you, that in you. And um, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. It's not a catch-22. It's not a conundrum. It's literally that you have to take a step in that direction. This question is, is one of those steps, one of those pivots that can help you just create whatever it is you want. What, what would you, let's apply this to relationships, right? What would you say to someone if you knew that you would never be turned down. Right. Would you ask a person that you've really cared about for some period of time out for a cup of coffee if you knew they wouldn't say no? They might say no. However, you can ask. You never ask, mm-hmm. you don't get. That's just the way it goes. You, don't, you have to take that risk in some way. Believe in yourself. Believe in, in what's possible instead of what's Impossible. What did somebody say the other day? I am impossible is I am possible. That's, I think I read that somewhere. Absolutely. The other day. Absolutely. Impossible is I am possible. Everything is possible. And well, and, I, and it, it truly is. And I want to say, Michael, I think that it's not a closed-ended question. What would you do if it was impossible to fail? It doesn't end. It, it's an open-ended question. Oh, yeah. And it, there are so many possibilities, the infinite possibilities that exist from that. And I think that that's really how you, you live through that. And because you ask an open-ended question, you know, you may find, Michael, that you'll be in a, in a coffee shop and that person who builds those tiny homes just happens to be sitting next to you. Because I know that that's how your life works. Here's the interesting thing. 
listen to this. I'm on a cruise a year ago in December, and I, I'm, I'm, we, we opt for this opportunity on this, on this ship to be, to, to be seated with someone. And so, you know, we'd ask the question. He asked us the question with the Mater D. says, you want to sit by yourself or you want us to seat somebody with you? I, thought, I looked at my girlfriend and I said, come on, let's, let's, you know, we're here to meet people. You know, we don't be sitting around. We can, we can hang out in our room if we want to just be by ourselves. So I said, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, sit us with somebody. And the couple that ended up sitting down next to us was from Gainesville, which is about four and a half hours away from us. Okay? He's a university professor. And she is a child psychologist. And we talked till 12.30 at night. We went from there to the upstairs you know, rooftop uh, bar. We sat down. We, had, we talked about it. And I, it turns out that, believe it or not, he has had asked himself the same question. Oh, my. Affordable yeah. housing. How can we <laughs> conquer? You know, I've thought about tiny homes, he said. I've thought about container homes. I thought about, I'm looking at this guy dumbfounded going, I have found someone attracted someone to me that actually has is asking the same questions I'm asking it has the same train of thought and it was really rather cool and we're still we still text and and, and communicate today uh, which is really fantastic wonderful. yeah so he may he may actually stop by here on his way to California in the next uh, next couple of months which is really wonderful um, and you never know who you're going to meet you never know who you're going to attract in your life and I can guarantee you're not going to attract somebody who's uh, you know if you're attracting doomers into your life um, people who walk all over your dreams, it, it is likely because, I'm not going to say this is the only reason, because you have many, many, many doubts yourself about what it is wh- about success. You have a fear of, of moving forward. And you're getting people into your life who are validating that fear, validating that, that, the, the doubts you have that you're sending out like radar signals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's we... we, we you hear about everybody who's ever had any success, and you, you can read books about people who, who, uh, who talk about their early beginnings, and you see how many walls they had to climb over, you know, how many walls they had to break down, climb over, move around, walk around, uh, implode, <laughs> put some mm-hmm. dynamite in, just blow them up and just walk through, right? It's like these people had to do a lot to get to the point and it was belief in themselves and belief in their dream belief in in their intention that's what got them there and mm-hmm. it's just it's fascinating to to see and to uh to see stories of these people and, and read about them i'm always fascinated i'll listen sit down and listen to someone's someone talk about how they you know what they you know their commitment to what it is that they knew they could do and there was a woman, I think it was a woman who, uh, I think this is my last story, um, the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade in, this year in New York City, one of the co-hosts was a woman who, who back in 20, yeah, I don't know, 2010 or 2012 or something like that, she, she, she said, I, have, I, went to, I thought I was supposed to go to Broadway and be on Broadway. And she got turned down 30 times for parts and roles. And, mm. and she, so she went and she, she took a different tack and she went into broadcasting, right? And then here, all these many years later, she, she I think a couple of years ago, she did this sort of live audition for me and said, I really want to be this. This is what I'd like to be doing. You know, call me, you know? And she'd been turned down by him two or three times already. And she ended up this year um, getting the role that she wanted to get in some sort of holiday event that she had, uh, it was a one-time event in the theater in, uh, in, uh, in New York City, uh, the, the, the role she really, really wanted. And it, it, the number of people who have been turned down, who've been, who've been told that they weren't right for the part, that, that they would never be successful, uh, why are you bothered, go, uh, you know, go, go get a, a vocation that will actually, you know, pay your rent. I mean, there's all these things. There's, you're going to find thousands of people, millions of people who don't believe in what it is that you, you are committed to. Yet, the question is not how many people are urging you to, to, to give up. It's how many times you say it's possible. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the key. It's what you think. And I love right. those stories. Right? So what oh, would you no, do absolutely. if you knew it would, were impossible to fail? Come on now. 
Write it on our write, write it on our respond. You, I know you're going to put an Instagram post out about this, and I'd love to. Hear I am. People's comments. I know. I, I I'm going to challenge our, our listeners, with, and I'd love to hear from from everybody. I'm just so grateful for all of you who tune into us here on Connect to Love on PRNFM, and thank you, Michael. I just really applaud you because you really do always act as if it's impossible to fail, and I would encourage and each you. of our listeners to do the same. Thank you. <laughs> We are we are we are muses to each other, and I, I love that. And 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 yes, you encouraged people earlier to, to go out and to, to do that. They will come to you. You will you will you will find someone that one person. They will come to you. You'll, be, you'll attract them to you when you start thinking this way. That thinks like you, and that will be able to. You'll be able to expose your dreams and your goals, and they'll go. Yeah, go for it. I'm your biggest supporter. It mm-hmm. is funny. I know it's happened to me with you. So, hey. <laughs> Truly. Well, until next time, uh, be well and uh, truly live as if it's impossible to fail. Bye-bye now. Thank you.